0: Hey, Ash, how's it going?
1: Good, good, good. How are you, Greg? Yeah,
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy few days. Updating a website, updating...
1: Some cool new stuff in our store. Yes, we've got
0: cool new stuff in the store. So if you haven't been in there, www.pursuitoftheparanormal.co.uk forward slash shop. And you'll see we've got categories of paranormal equipment, miscellaneous stuff. We've got badges, we've got sage sticks, we've got full spectrum cameras, we've got... Ouija boards. Ouija boards, we've got tarot cards, we've got... We've got a lot and more to come. We're going to have K2 meters. We're going to have all sorts on there. Um, so, yeah, we're firing on all cylinders in 2023. Yeah, you can build your paranormal investigation kit
1: and help support the podcast at the same yes. time. Yes.
0: Oh, and we can get badges as well. We've got our own badges on there now. The ones that anybody who joined us at the Minicon, those badges. We have got tons of those badges. So... And Scott Summers, if you're listening, then your prize for your t-shirt will be winging its way this week. It will. And Nick Thompson, who also won, um, I'll be in touch with the design over the next few days uh, once the chaos has started to normalize again. So, yeah, so tonight we are welcome to somebody that we've been a guest on his podcast he's been on the podcast before and we've been watching his rise the rise and rise of jeremiah on uh what if they're wrong podcast um where we've talked to him previously about cern and if there was any kind of time change and universal change when they switched cern on so it'll be interesting to see his updates on those but welcome along jeremiah how is it going
2: hey how's it going thanks for having me on again it no. was fun last time and interested to talk again
0: yeah yeah thanks for joining us and sorry for the little time blip that we experienced ourselves over the last hour oh yeah so. <laughs> time zones are crazy honestly i i where we interview a lot of people from America, I actually, at one point, have to say, right, what is the actual time with you right now? So then I can work out <laughs> what the time difference is. Because if it if I try and work out six hours, or five hours in this case, um, I get it wrong. So I'm better off yeah. knowing exactly what the time is.
1: Yeah, it's not the first yeah. time i have got it wrong either. <laughs> no, it isn't.
0: And I'm sure it won't be the last time either. What I don't get with... With, well, I get why in America, but you've got like three or four different time zones. There's like Mountain Time, Pacific Time, Eastern Time. Like, what?
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. We have a lot, and then we have like Central Time too. I think.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: we've uh, we, so we've just got
0: England time. Yeah, GMT. <laughs>
1: but wait, wait, well, we're the we're the OG time. We are.
0: We are the OG time. We are
1: GMT time. And yeah.
2: then on top of that, we have some states that don't do daylight savings and some wow. that do. So it's like, <laughs> it's a lot to keep track
0: of. There is, there is actually a time zone, sort of Middle East way, and they're there like half hour different. So it's not a full hour. So their time, like, it might be like 9 We're recording this at 20 past 10 now. So their time zone would be like half an hour rather than a full hour difference. It's <laughs> just a real, I think that's North Korea, to be fair, something like that, <laughs> or Russia, just something really weird, like, <laughs> really weird like that, but anyway, how are you doing, how are things, let us know what's happening with the podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm doing great, um, the podcast is doing great, uh, yes. it's really come a long way since we last talked, <laughs> Yeah, um, my download numbers have gone up considerably amazing <laughs> and um my loyal following has gone up to like i can see the same people uh, listen over and over and i see like all the downloads from the different cities and i'm pushing my way towards a 100 countries amazing that i've downloaded my show so um hopefully i'll get there this year
0: <laughs> that's amazing and like I know when we we see the like the, the countries, it's just like insane to just see the different different names of all these countries. I wouldn't even be able to pinpoint some of them on a map. But yeah, some of the countries, countries awesome.
2: Some of the countries I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> but they're listening <laughs> to my show, and it's really cool to see because it's like I'm reaching people that I never in a million years probably would have been able to reach. <laughs> or talk to
0: yeah it's it's definitely insane when you can see those stats it's it's just um yeah it's it's encouraging that you just think somebody's actually there are people out there actually listening because i don't know about you but because we don't get a lot of like apple reviews or or spotify reviews it's really difficult to gauge <laughs> whether or not people are like it, I know people listen to it, and we get similar numbers each week, steadily cl- climbing. But so we we know we must be doing something right. But you don't get that kind of feedback straight away. So how do, how do you how do you keep motivated? Is another another question because there's
2: just one of you. So and- like, it's true that you don't get a lot of feedback, and I guess for anyone listening. It really does help a lot. I know it's said all the time, but it really does help if you leave a review or shoot someone a message that's doing a show and just let them know, hey, I'm enjoying this or hey, this is great. Um, And you always hear about people like begging for money and like donating and whatever. But yeah, that's cool. But for me, it's just as cool to get a good review. Or someone shoot me a message and say, I love your show. Um, Because like you said, you don't get a ton of feedback like you would think. It's not like YouTube where people comment on the videos as much with the podcast part. Because I'm not on YouTube. Um, So yeah, the feedback and staying motivated. It's basically just, I'm passionate about this. And I like to talk about it. And I love talking to people with different experiences. And also, I do see the download numbers grow. So it definitely helps with like um, moving me along. And I'm always trying to think of new ways to do things. Like I just was telling Ash that we started the brackets or tournaments. So we just did the um, conspiracy bracket. And basically, it's like a March Madness or, um, you know, a tournament bracket. And we put different conspiracies up against each other. And we just went around to everyone in the chat. And they got to pick, you know, nine eleven against against, um, I don't know, pick another one, the Mandela Effect. And you would pick which one you want to advance to the next round. And then we would go by... You know, which one got the most votes out of the six of the five of us or whatever. Who'd think
0: nine eleven would be the most popular thing? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. No, that sounds really cool. That that's a really good idea. I like that. How so yeah, just
2: trying to Who's winning that one, by the way? So the tournament the winner of the whole tournament was the Bigfoot. Bigfoot conspiracy. It got picked the most. Cool. Um and I think it went up against I don't remember if it was nine eleven or the Matrix. It was one of those. So <laughs> um, yeah, but it's cool. It was cool to do. It was fun to do. Um, we plan on doing a horror movie one, and like pitting up horror movies against each other, and and then deciding what's the ultimate horror movie. So that'll be Ooh. fun. Hellraiser. <laughs> I love that. See, and I'm that like it's weird because different people have different tastes. So you never know what's going to be picked. Cause like my taste in horror movies is like slashers. I love slasher films. Uh, So like all those, and I really, and I don't care like how good it is. Like, even if it's a cheesy slasher, I like it. Like I like the wrong turn movies. I like, uh, there was a couple other ones. A happy death day, I think was another one.
0: That is One of my
2: favorites. I love that. I've
0: seen that that loads of times.
2: (laughs) And like "My Bloody Valentine," I think was another one. And like, yeah, so slashers are for me. But then there's other people that like, you know, more spiritual, like poltergeist type stuff. And so I think it'd be fun to do a bracket on what horror movies. Tucker and Dale versus Evil.
0: That's got to be up there. Have you seen that? (laughs) That's amazing. I don't know if I have. Ah, oh, you need to watch it <laughs> if you like a slasher film. That wait, I think I have actually. It's, it's like from from the viewpoint of the the rednecks in the woods that would normally be killing all the kids. It's from their point of view. It's it's brilliant.
2: Oh yeah, I think really. I did see that. They go. Um, yeah, I think I did. They were like in a cabin up in the yeah, yeah. side or the woods yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that
1: was a good one. <laughs> Alien Adduction, the MacPherson tapes, my my favorite one. That's, <gasps> that's oh, like the like yes. the original found footage. Oh film yes. and The whole sort of weird history behind it, where the original film got lost and burnt in a fire, and that's like the only tape of it that has that sort of remake it again and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's got to be the winner.
0: And that is creepy as hell towards the end like as it as it progresses ooh that is year a good I still
1: never recovered from seeing that on some late <laughs> night channel
0: that is a good that is a good shout ash i do love that film
2: so like um a little story of my past is like we went to see the ring you know that famous movie the ring um so we went to see it and you know how they have like the Tape with the static screen and then she comes out of the static screen or whatever. So me and my brother went and watched it and we lived with my parents at the time and um, we came back and we walk in the house and the TV in the edition room as you walk in had the static screen and we were like freaked out. Because <laughs> we had just watched the movie. Uh,
0: that is, yeah. That... <clears throat> And it's not a very good thing that happens when there's a static screen and she starts coming out. That's not that's not a good <laughs> thing. I've got um I've got a story like that. Another good horror film while we're on the, the subject. Have you seen Mama? M A M A. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Wait, one of the few
1: quite recent.
0: It's fairly recent, yeah, yeah. yeah and these yeah. two little two little girls come back from living in the woods. And Mama is one of these characters that was looking out for them while they're in this cabin in the woods. Anyway, so to cut a long story short, <laughs> the little girls would be on the sofa as two girls, and they would like talk to each other and go, Mama, Mama, and they'd have little glasses on and stuff like that. And obviously, well, I've got two, two daughters, and at the time I started watching it, they were quite young, and obviously, I wouldn't let them watch that film at all because at that point that was quite horrific. Even for me, I found that quite a a scary film. Anyway, a couple of days after I watched the film, they're on the sofa sort of playing and and whatnot and they turn to each other and they're going, Mama, Mama, what the fuck? (laughs) It's just like, oh my God, this, how would they, I was thinking, how did they know about this film? How, what? And they they had no clue about it, but it just timed it and it's like, fuck me. <laughs> I was literally shitting
2: myself. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how movies do that, like mm. bleed into your life too. It's like I, I don't know if you've seen Mothman Prophecies, mm. but that was another one. Yeah. And like they had that bridge scene or whatever in it. And and I was like afraid to cross bridges <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> Ah.
0: it's actually funny that a horror film affected me when i was little i know we're not really talking paranormal and stuff like that at the moment but i am um, when i was five i watched a dracula film and obviously dracula goes and vampires go for the neck and like bite the neck and ever since then and i i'm slightly maturer now and um <laughs> what? Old. Oh yeah, I'll take old. I'll take old. I've been called old twice today, so um but I've always have to have something covering my neck, even now at the age of <clears throat> whatever I am. <laughs> I have to, I have to have have it covering my neck and I can't get to sleep properly unless I got my neck covered. And that happened forty years ago. It's <laughs> horrific but there is another film there's another film just before we get off get off films um it's a recent one with ryan reynolds and normally they're more of a jokey kind of film have you seen life yes about that
2: was a great movie
0: holy shit that was like skin crawlingly creepy there's bits of it and i'm like oh my god it's set in space ash and it's they find this life form and it literally fucks them up in space. <laughs> and the ending is amazing. There's like this the ending is brilliant. But it's it's a proper messed up film. Like proper actually quite a scary like it's so realistic in terms of you could see it happening. But it's brutally like
2: horrific. Yeah, I remember watching that movie, not like expecting anything, and I was no. like this is a great movie. Yeah, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal,
0: Ryan Reynolds. Um, I can't think who else in it, but it's quite a star-studded cast of people. And you probably think oh, it's going to be shit, it's set in space, but it's life form. But it, it's the kind of thing that if it happened now, it wouldn't even be a surprise to me if it happened in real life. It's it's that messed up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that was a great movie. It was. It was. It was. That's, one like for
1: my your list, that's like my sort of thing. Now I'm quite surprised.
0: It's really good. It's. It. I didn't even see it advertised anywhere. It's like on Sky TV in the UK on like the Cinema Channel under Horrors, and I thought I'll give it a go. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds. I like Ryan Reynolds in the film, and then I was just like, "Holy shit, this is." Actually, quite like skin crawlingly horrible. It's a difficult watch. It's a difficult watch. I thought it was anyway.
2: Yeah, like you said, it was more realistic as far Mm. as like alien movies are concerned. Yes, something you could definitely see happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hashtag COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you never never get that on your list, Ash. And we'll review this in the next episode. (laughs) Cool. So what kind of topics have you been covering on your podcast? Because when we spoke, we were talking CERN and uh, the effect on um, time zones and speeding up time at one point. So what kind of things have you been covering since we spoke?
2: Yeah, so we had the conspiracy tournament, like I said um i also did a solo episode because most of my episodes are interviews but i did a solo episode it was evil places around the world and i just went through a list of places that are considered evil around the world and um or places that are cursed so that was a fun one to do i did research for that and then i just recorded it and um It was cool, like researching and finding out these places that I've never even heard of. (laughs) So like the Island of Creepy Dolls in Mexico, I thought was pretty cool. And how the guy um, put these dolls up because he found a girl drowned in the like river or whatever, wherever the island is. And he thought that her spirit haunted the island. So he hung these dolls up to like keep her spirit at bay. And um, there's there's like a urban legend that he ended up dying like the same way as the girl. But I don't know how true that is. Wow. And And then. then, um, So it was cool. There's tons of different places. I think I did like 16 or 17 places around the world that are considered like evil or the gateways to hell or whatever. So that was fun. Um, I interviewed a lady about guardian angels. And she has a guardian angel named Fajel, who's always with her, always communicates with her. Um, And she does her own type of, like, spiritual health work with people. So that was interesting. Um, I did – I had the guys from uh, Darkside Media on again because they're in plain sight. Yeah, they're doing great, and they're – their new um, in-plane site documentary, I guess, is going to be at the UFO Expo. So that's cool. And I always root for their success. And their documentaries are great. So if anyone listening hasn't seen them, go look up Docside Media. And um, there's one in Plain site, and the other one is. Um, I have a poster over here.
0: They got the ghost of Gettysburg. Because um, we. Uh, conscious. Contact, contact,
2: contact. Yeah. 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 And then and they just came the out with a new one. It was like um, Sasquatch one. Yeah.
0: Secrets of Sasquatch.
2: They yeah. just came out with one, um, or it is coming out, and it's called like uh, Something in the Graveyard pure Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Yeah. Pandemonium, that's yeah it. I, I want to watch that one. <laughs> Sounds interesting. But it's a site in Pennsylvania, I guess, that has like these seven places or seven gates or whatever. And, Supposedly, if you walk through them all in a certain way, it, like, unleashes evil or something. I don't know. But (laughs) that would be an interesting watch. I had um, Tom Carey, the head researcher of the Roswell 1947 UFO crash, on. And we talked about his research and his work. I think, I don't know how many books he's done, but he's done a lot. (laughs) He's been, he dedicated like 30 years of his life researching the Roswell incident. And when he started, it was like before the internet. So he'd have to actually look in the phone book, track these people down, interview them, like the old Dick Tracy kind of thing. And um, so it was fun talking with him and talking with him about his experiences and actually hearing about the incident from someone who, knows the most about it so he put to bed some of the like fakeness around it some of the myths that are out there um and then he solidified other things about it that are kind of like up in the air for a lot of people so it was fun talking with Tom about that and um he actually doesn't live that far from where I lived in Pennsylvania before I moved to North Carolina so uh, I told him when I come back up there, I'll stop by his house <laughs> uh, and we can talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and all that. <laughs> so
1: on on that note, what's your thoughts on it as well? Because that's a bit of a conspiracy sort of favorite for, for years and the government cover up and all that. So what, what's your thoughts on it? Especially after talking to, to Tom.
2: So after talking with Tom, I 100% believe there was a UFO crash there with alien entities, um, he claims that one of the alien entities was still alive and like stumbling around after the crash. Um, the other two were dead. Um Supposedly there was a guy who was communicated with telepathically from the one that was still alive. And I guess the guy was trying to help it. And it was like, don't worry about me. I'm okay. I've my mission or something like, um, my comrades are dead, my mission's over type of deal. Um, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the exact quote, but um, so I definitely think that they did retrieve bodies. I think they retrieved that living entity, whatever it is, wherever it comes from. And um, if it's still alive, probably in a base somewhere, (laughs) Um, I don't think Area 51 is used anymore for what people think as far as, like, UFOs and stuff like that. I think it's been moved. Now, Tom says it moved to um, Utah, Area 52. I'm not exactly sure where that is, but he said all that stuff is at Utah, Area 52. And um, I think the Dulce base in New Mexico, I think it is. I think they store a lot of stuff there. And I think they have alien entities there as well. Um, I've done some research into the Dolce New Mexico or Dolce, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um and it seems like there is something going on there and they're hiding stuff. And I think um there is a guy who worked there and he came back out and like was a whistleblower. And he talked about all these levels that they have under the base. And there was a level called Nightmare Hall where they had all like the nasty creatures um, or alien beings or whatever, wherever they're from, interdimensional or uh, outer space. Um, So, yeah, it's very interesting. (laughs) And I'm a big UFO and alien abduction guy. So that's right up my alley. (laughs)
1: Maybe Phil yeah. Snyder that we used to talk about the the dull space and sort of these wars going on 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 the ground and there's stuff, which is it sounds like you think there's no way, but yeah, who knows.
2: And then I had like um I had a medium on and he was talking about his work with people and work with the spirit world and stuff like that. And my show, like I said last time I was on, is like Um, I cover different topics, so it could be like Bigfoot one week, aliens the next week, a medium the next week, could be a conspiracy bracket, so I kind of jumble it up, it's kind of a mixed bag.
1: That's cool, cool. your your cat just scared me then, I saw something just moving, and the cat just jumped. Oh yeah, he's in the tree tree. up here. Uh. (laughs) Not the We've first had time, that like, before. cat was on the <laughs> oh, Gosh, um, yeah, this was yeah, that's threw me off a little bit. Um So, sort of talking on conspiracies, um, is there like a sort of a popular conspiracy theory that you don't particularly sort of subscribe to, or you think nah, there's no way that that that's a thing?
2: Hmm, one that I don't think is a thing. I think quite a lot, but like any sort of one of the popular ones. So I think I cannot subscribe to the flat earth theory, but I will give credit to the people who follow it, and because they are so passionate about it, (laughs) and they do try to come at it scientifically, they do try to come up with arguments to back their theory, and I think. They might be, uh, it's hard to say, I think they might be on to something, but I think they're just a little misguided. Um, I don't think the earth is flat, but I think a lot of things about our earth just don't add up to what mainstream says. I think there's more to it than what we're told and taught. So I think the flat earth is one that I just can't, I can't get down with, um, But I do appreciate their fan base for just being passionate.
0: (laughs) I love that. I do appreciate the fan base.
2: (laughs) Because they are, they're so passionate about it and they, you can't tell them any different. Um, But I did hear someone say, and I don't remember who it was. uh, I'm sorry, but someone said they're just like vegans. Like you never ask, but they'll let you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's um, it's ah uh, Eddie Bravo, Joe Rogan's mate, and he said, "Once you go flat, you never go back." <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, but it's there is a brilliant documentary on Flat Earth on Netflix? You probably get it elsewhere called Above the Rim. I think it's called Above the Rim, and there's a guy called Mark England, uh, Mark Sergeant. Sorry, he's from England. <laughs> and um, he's like, the, like the, the the main sort of spokesperson, like the legend, the, like the god of flat earthers, and the people stopping him in the street to have their photo taken. He's like a celebrity, and I'm just like, I, I like you, know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that there's a lot of effort going into trying to prove it, but nothing seems to stand up that's the problem
2: and it, yeah now that you say something um about him being famous and stopped in the street and all another theory that i just i don't know i can't get down with and i don't know why because i believe in aliens and stuff so you would think i would be like yeah sure but i don't believe in the whole like lizard people <laughs> and like the david ike thing how the... i
1: knew you were gonna say david ike then <laughs>
2: and like don't, how how people don't say knock that the ike no i like david ike i think um now i don't know about recently because i listened to him back in the uh, day he's was, shit I, crazy nowadays I, I think he went a little off the deep end but like when he started he kind of got me into conspiracies because he was mm-hmm. talking about the royal families and the bloodlines and talking about real stuff
1: mm-hmm. and
2: um and then he just kind of it was like like I tell people, he's like 80% true stuff there. And then he has the 20% bad shit, crazy stuff. And yes, it's like, <laughs> but I remember li- watching his like six hour lectures at like Wimbledon or whatever, <laughs> or Wem- Wembley or whatever. Wembley arena. Yeah. They
0: sold out Wembley arena.
2: I mean, that's, that's
0: impressive to, to sell out for a six hour show of him just talking for six hours. That's, that's pretty hardcore. That's what we need to do, Greg, That give us book. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> let's keep
1: talking for half a day. That's,
0: let's go and book Wembley Arena. I mean, it is pretty impressive to stand on stage <laughs> for six hours and talk. <laughs> See, the thing is, he was one of the guys that got me into it as well, into conspiracies. And he wrote a book called Alice in Wonderland and the World Trade Center Disaster. And if people haven't read it, it's such a good read and he references all the quotes he's talking about he's, the, the work he's put into it is phenomenal and then you read his other books about like the biggest secret where he talks about royal family and stuff and you're like fucking hell you're talking about mps and our members of parliament being pedophiles um from like 20 20 years ago when he wrote the book and it's like that's rubbish, and all these celebrities that are paedophiles. It's like I have no chance, you're mental mate. And then you've got Operation tree in the UK, which is the operation where they've taken down all the celebrity paedophiles, and it's all the ones that he's been naming in his books. And it's just like he, like you say, about eighty percent of his stuff is seems to be bang on and sensible, and then twenty percent of it, he just. He fucking it just goes off, and um, yeah, it's very difficult to 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 follow that. He's very anti-vax and all that kind of stuff now, and that's where people lose me a little bit. Is when they go a bit anti-vax, and but each to their own, each to their own. But yeah, David oh, Icke is yeah, he, he's a he's he's one of the original the OG conspiracy guys, uh, and is. His um, his sort of like research and that is is
2: pretty phenomenal. He does. Yeah, I would love to get him on my podcast and talk with him.
0: Same. I he's like the one guest I'd really like to
2: get on. I know it would divide a lot of people. I know it would, but and not and not because like I believe everything he says or anything, but just to talk with him because of his vast knowledge of stuff and his many years of i mean i was listening to him decades ago <laughs> yeah
0: same and, same and like same. i said
2: he got me into the whole thing because he opened my eyes to a lot of stuff and um then that branched me out into other things and uh, so yeah i would love to get him on the show it's probably really hard to get him to <laughs> come talk because you know he's got his circles or whatever but <laughs> i tried to get on yuri geller
0: do you know Yuri geller the, the spoon so. sp- he's a spoon bending guy S- from S- like the 80s he is a dick um but he's very big into ufos and and all this kind of stuff so i sent him a message on twitter saying Look, i've been interested in your stuff for years because i used to watch him on all the tv programs when i was little spent bending spoons and shit like that and um he got, like, gave me a really blunt fucking answer on Twitter. Greg,
1: hmm. when, that's, what, that's what I brought When he used to say, like, when he's bending spoons and stuff, you don't really yeah. know who he is. That boy doesn't make much, much No, he doesn't. He just so that bending, bending spoons. So he would,
0: <laughs> he would literally, he would, like, go like this. For the, he'd like, for, for the purposes of audio, he'd have, like, his finger and thumb, he'd have a, a fork or a spoon. And he would like do this little rubbing thing, and then all of a sudden it'd like fall apart. It'd like melt in his fingers. And it so was with his mind. He was. Doing and it. he he was a I good know. friend of Michael Jackson, so I don't know what that says about him. But he would do psychic stuff and very odd guy. Like I think he's from like Israel, so he's got this sort of. I I don't know. He's got this way about him that he's just like. You can watch him on Twitter, and he's got this big studio with fucking big screens and everything now. <laughs> and I asked him to come on, and he was like, no. And loads of people were like, that was really rude. <laughs> I tried. I, I tried.
1: He's, he, he sort of jumped on the UFO bandwagon he has recently, a bit. and he just posts the absolute <laughs> shittest shit stuff. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of It has
0: fun. to be good stuff to get Ash even slightly positive about a video. <laughs> So, uh, but going back to David, Icke very quickly, um, he had a friend who's a shaman and he talks about him in the books. I can't remember the guy's name. And he was like, that was one of the first times now looking back um, where the guy was doing C5 and um, like all the intelligent calling out of UFOs that he would talk to the skies and these, these UFOs would appear. And that was the first time I'd heard it wasn't C5 back then. It was just whatever
2: it was. It was just summoning UFOs. But yeah, I looking think back at uh I can't pronounce his name right. I think it's like Crater Mutwa or something. That's
0: it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 From yeah. South Africa, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've been reaching out to David. I'm uh, not David. Ike. <laughs> My brain's stuck on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been reaching out to Michael Tellinger um, who cre- he found Adam's calendar in South Africa. Um, it's basically considered one of the oldest man-made structures in the world. Um, it's these circles out in this field. And I guess they were to calculate time or celestial movement or something. And um, he also deals with like sound technology, sound vibration he thinks he a lot of the ancient mega structures were created with using sound levitation and stuff like that um so i've been trying to get michael Tellinger on he is doing a project called one small town where he's opening a little village and he's doing one in lebanon and one in south africa and basically it's for lack of a better term a commune where like everyone's assigned a task based on their like personal fortitude or like um you know if you're really good at art you're gonna do this if you're really good at math you're gonna do this so it's kind of based off your strengths um and i've been reaching out to him and he told me to reach back out to him and i did and i never got a response so (laughs) i'm gonna try again uh maybe he's just busy with opening it and all that stuff so Hopefully he'll come on and we'll be able to talk about, you know, Adam's calendar and everything. Cause I love all the ancient alien stuff and all that ancient tech and um, lost civilizations. Definitely. How, so
0: just quickly talking about um, guests and reaching out to people. I think that is one of the most underappreciated art forms as part of podcasting is to to try and reach out to these people and get it all, everything lined up so that you can have the, the interview or the chat and it'd be like random times in the day and night sometimes. Um, How do you cope with that? Because me and Ash, luckily we can sort of split that and we sort of like tackle it separately and we come together and go, right, we're speaking to Jeremiah on Saturday night or we're like, right, we've got this one lined up for Tuesday night and then we're, each of us will sort of like just tackle it separately. How do you find going about what essentially
2: is a bit of a challenge? Yeah, I, oh man, it is, it is tough. Um, And you gotta be okay with rejection because it's part of the game. So basically I'll just, and I think it's important to make your message personalized because you said earlier, you, message this guy about bending spoons and you telling him like you've been watching him forever and you know you really appreciate what he's doing and all that stuff so when i send messages out i try to make it as personable as possible it's not like a mass email and i'm trying to say like hey i'm really a fan i'm not just trying to get you on the show like i've been reading your books i've been watching your documentaries or your you know lectures and trying to get them and you know sometimes they'll be like sorry i can't do it i reached out to um uh tom horn i think his name is and i wanted to get him on the show to talk about end time prophecies and stuff and book of revelations and all that stuff um now my episode coming out on monday is about that but it's a different person um and i reached out to him and i guess whoever does his emails messaged me back and was like, sorry, he doesn't have time to do that right now. Um, thanks for reaching out. And, and for me, that's fine. It's the ones that never respond. That is an issue. Cause it's like, I just wasted my time making that, you know, <laughs> personalized email and didn't even get a response. Like, <laughs> or like, I'll try to message someone on like Instagram or wherever. And just no response. <laughs> And oh, like, it says
1: like you you're not allowed to message this person, or that like, yeah. this person doesn't accept messages and stuff like that. Check that out. Now we've got for- yeah,
0: it's um, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I feel your pain. I feel your pain.
2: But there's like times where I am like, okay, Monday, my goal for the day is messaging people to be guests, and that's what I focus on for that time. I find a lot with podcasting is like, you have to have a like schedule a rhythm, at least for me being solo and doing everything myself. If I don't have a schedule of what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, it's going to fall off the rails. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, Monday, all I'm focusing on is finding guests. Tuesday, I'll deal with social media (laughs) and then so on and so forth. And it's like, Usually, like, Saturday night, Sunday, I'll edit my show for Monday. Um, so it's all processed to me. I make sure I have everything lined up and processed, uh, or else I'll it'll be a disaster for me.
1: So talking about, you mentioned sort of ancient civilizations and, and that sort of thing. You have Graham Hancock.
2: I would love to have Graham Hancock on. I was going to reach out to him. I still plan on doing so and just praying. (laughs) He's so like big name now. Thanks to Joe Rogan and all. I'm sure it's hard to get him on. um, Especially now that he has his new documentary out on Netflix, which is really good. By the way, if you haven't watched it, Hmm. I totally think you should watch it. (laughs) Um, It'll make you question our ancient past. Um, So yeah, I would love to get him on, but I have had a lot of dream guests on that were like on my list when I started. So I've had like LA Marzulli on, I've had Scott Allen Roberts on and I'm friends with him on Facebook too. So I'm sure I can get him back on. Uh, Jason Martell from the show ancient aliens I've had on. That was another one on my list. Um, I plan on having him back on. He already said he would come back on. So yeah, I've, It's been cool because I like all these years I've listened to these guys and then to finally talk to them, it's surreal because it's like I never thought in a million years I'd be able to talk with this person. They just seem like too distant. It's kind of like when you have a movie star and you're like, oh, really cool, but you never really like interact with them or anything. And to be able to do that is, is awesome. It makes the podcasting worth it to me.
1: Definitely, definitely. Cause I wasn't sure how big Graham Hancock was in America, because obviously he's British and he's sort of been a big name in the UK for decades now, uh, from his books and stuff. And he one of the first books I remember reading. My dad was big into thinking, thinking to the gods and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's going that, like I say, in the new series. So, do you believe that? Do you, well, do you believe Graham Hancock that these civilizations, like he talks about in in the new series, going back like from the Ice Age and, and early? Do you think? That that do you believe in basically?
2: Yes, a hundred percent or thousand percent. I think there are lost civilizations. I think our history is a lot longer than what we've been taught or told. And I think there are cycles of time. And I think the planet goes through these cycles of time and civilizations rise and fall and people rise and fall. So I think that there was like Atlantis was the civilization before, you know, Sumer and Egypt and all that. And then there was probably one before that. And there's even like ancient texts that are like, yeah, there's so many Kings before this time. I think it's one of the Egyptian uh, papyrus scrolls or whatever was like, there was like seven Kings before this like time so it's like where did they come from and also if you want to take it like biblical it's like where so for biblical stories if for the religious people listening um or people who are just interested you have this story where Cain kills Abel and then he gets pushed away like banished and he goes to the land of Nod and finds people there and has a wife well, who were those people? where did they come from? If Adam and Eve was supposed to be like the only ones, and Cain and Abel, you know? So, it, there's a lot that I think we don't know, and I think a lot has been purposely kept from us as well. I think there's a lot of texts that are hidden. Um, a lot of the books have been like left out of the Bible, like Book of Enoch, and other books. I can't think off the top of my head, but Yeah, I a hundred percent believe there was something going on. And I think we have this problem as humans is thinking like thinking of that time period back then, the same way we think of now. So we think with our technology, but it could have been completely different. Like I was just talking about, about sound levitation or people tapping into the, um, you know. I forget what it's called, electric grid that supposedly runs around the earth and stuff like that. I think Nikola Tesla was trying to tap into that as well to give free energy. And I think they, he got taken out too, (laughs) but that's a different conspiracy for a different day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think there's different thinking. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately think of ancient people as being like stupid or like, stupid cavemen whatever um but i think they were actually a lot more intelligent in different ways um than we are now because we think about you know our technology and stuff like that and our sciences and stuff but the ancient people it's apparent they knew a ton about the celestial world and how that correlated with what happened on earth they knew about the cycles of time they know about the seasons. They knew about like the solstices and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't think we give them enough credit. And um, as we're finding out, we're seeing more and more of these things being found. Like um, someone was showing me today at work, the heads on Easter Island. There's actually bodies buried under yeah, the yeah. ground. They're not just heads like we thought. Yeah. And then yep. you have, like, Gebekli Tepe that dates back, you know, however many years ago, 12,000 years ago, way older than the pyramids and all. So it's like, what was that? Where's that from? And that they say it was purposely buried and stuff like that. It's just crazy.
0: <laughs> it's it's interesting. if anybody wants to check out Graham Hancock, because he's got the documentary on Netflix, but I personally found his interview with the last interview he did with Joe Rogan and there was Randall Carlson. I think the guy was with him and they like talked for two and a bit hours, maybe three hours about the whole subject of ancient civilization. And for someone like myself who I don't consider myself to be stupid, but I don't consider myself to be, super intelligent, it was mind blowing. The fact that everything sort of points to around twelve thousand years ago that things happened which meant these ancient civilizations sort of lost like Atlantis. They were talk- it talks about twelve thousand years ago, sort of that's when Atlantis sort of went off the radar for want of a better phrase. Um and all these things pointing back to that around that sort of time I think it was like 12,600 years ago or something like that. Um, and all these major events around the world happened at that point. So something happened to cause all these ancient civilizations to sort of drop off the face of the earth. And listening to him, you I think you only have to listen to him for those couple of hours, and it completely sucks you in. He's got a really nice way with his voice. He's got this really soft sort of English voice that I could li- I listen to him for hours, and it's one of the few Joe Rogan ones that he does now that I really have have invested the time to listen to.
2: Yeah, and then yeah. having Randall Carlson on, who's like mm-hmm. a, a geological expert, yeah, and he can tell you like without a doubt what different geological things mean and what what it looks like to him by looking at it and he's an expert in that field Mm -hmm. so it's not like he's some kook off the street you know yeah Uh, um it definitely adds to the argument
0: yeah yeah it's 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 definitely cool so yeah great so who would be your hundred percent like top guest if it could be anybody in the world living or dead because we're in an age now where with the paranormal and everything, well, it's potentially possible to speak to dead people. Um, who would be your
2: ultimate guest? Hmm. I think the first name that comes to mind would probably be. Well, that's a tough one, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking Graham Hancock, but there's another one that I think I would want more. Ooh. Um, oh, I can't. Giorgio sukalos from ancient aliens, the crazy <laughs> hair guy. I, I would not saying
0: to... it's aliens, but it's I'm aliens. Saying,
2: yeah. <laughs> I would love to have him on the show. Cause I met him in person and he's a cool guy. Like what you see is what you get. He's not putting I... on a front. He's really like that. Um, <laughs> I've seen your photo with him. Yeah. yeah. Up on Instagram. Yeah. And very nice guy. Um, (laughs) He was joking around. Um, When I walked up, I had my what if they're wrong t-shirt on. He's like, yeah, what if they are wrong? (laughs) um, So, yeah, I would love to have him on and and talk with him about the whole ancient astronaut theory, because I've watched like every episode, every season, and uh, it's definitely a big part of, you know, my research and Stuff I like to cover, so that would be a great one. Uh, besides Graham, Han- Graham Hancock, <laughs> to bring on. So basically, you got Graham Hancock, and
0: you you you're saying to Graham Hancock that he's actually second.
2: Yeah, that, sorry, that's buddy. what I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> What about sorry. you, Ash? What about Wait. you? Yeah, uh-huh. I know we so. have briefly spoken before on other episodes, but who would be your guest?
1: So, I think this is pretty easy for me. But, like, sort of when he mentioned um, David Ike before, so how he sort of goes over the top with some stuff and sort of goes off on one, this person does some very, very similar stuff. And recently he's been sharing, like, clearly fake hoax, old hoax videos and stuff on on Twitter. But he is still sort of coming onto the UFO side stuff. Must have been a big Angels and Airways fan. 182... Bloody, bloody, bloody. Obviously, got me to Tom DeLong yes Yes. And obviously all the To The Stars stuff. And they cancelled the Angels versus Airways tour last year. I couldn't have a sign and everything, like, thank you for, like, To The Stars. And then they cancelled <laughs> the Angels vs Airways tour. And now they're on tour with Blink-182. It's like, well, do your Angels vs Airways tour first that you cancelled. Like, do that first. And then go on to with Blink-182. You can't just... Anyway, yeah. So, going off... Wait,
2: of the moment, I'm sorry. That's... I... I have to go back on my choice again because I just thought I just thought of someone who would put Graham Hancock at number three. (laughs) Um, The number one person I would want to interview right now, but he's passed away, unfortunately, um, is Lloyd Pye. He wrote a book called Everything You Know is Wrong. And it's got revised. It's called Everything You Know is Still Wrong. And it's a big honking book. Like, I think it's like eight, 900 pages or something like that. But it's all about how human beings are genetically tampered species. And that there was a group of hominids way back and through time they branched off. And at some point, one of the branches of hominids and hominids are like, Primitive people. For anyone who doesn't know, um, it's kind of like try to think of the Lucy uh, skeleton they found. It's not it would it's what you would think is between like um, ape and a human, like on that chart. <laughs> it's kind of like the prehumans. So the hominids, yeah. And he goes over all this evidence and all this uh, research that he's done about how he thinks human beings are a genetically altered hominid species. And it's just super fascinating. And if you don't want to read the book, which I understand because it's super long, um, and it's kind of textbook-like because I'm reading it now, and um, it is not the easiest read. But um, he has a, I think it's like two-hour uh, lecture on YouTube. If you look up Lloyd Pye, P-Y-E. He um, has a two-hour stand-up lecture, and he has a slideshow with all the stuff he's talking about and shows you exactly what he's talking about. And he talks about Bigfoot and the, you know, that, I forget, I can never remember the name of the creek with the famous female Bigfoot walking. Um, and Bluff, Bluff, Bluff Creek. Yeah, something Bluff Creek. Uh, somewhere in California. But... Yeah, he goes over everything and it's so thorough and and you would think it's not entertaining but it is. Like I had my wife watch it and she was like I didn't think I would like it at all at first, but she got like sucked into it and she's like, "Oh my gosh, this is incredible." Um and then she started like looking at her feet. And she's like, "Oh, I got hominid feet." <laughs> <laughs> so, he's definitely someone that I would want to talk to cuz I just think his knowledge is just so vast and Um, The way that he picks apart everything and being able to talk about, you know, ancient past and then Bigfoot and all that stuff all in one shot would be incredible.
1: Awesome. Go on then, then, Greg.
0: (sighs) David Dyke would definitely be there for for the reasons like we've discussed. There was somebody... um, that just come to mind that I, I would really, well, there's two people. There's Zach Baggins because I would like to call him out on all the shit that he does. Um, he's got so many fans around the world and all their episodes end up with just like somebody freaking out and over the tiniest little thing. And I'm thinking, okay, now you're supposed to be like this super like dark person who can control these energies. And I just think, So I'd like to speak to him, and it'd probably be a very short episode because he'd hang up. (laughs) Um, And the other one is a guy called Guy Lyon Playfair, which may or may not resonate with anybody, but he was one of the original journalists and investigators in the Enfield Poltergeist Haunting. Um, And he wrote the book, This House is Haunted, and it's it's sort of almost like a, um, a diary of events that took place during that haunting, um, and I think it'd be really interesting to speak to somebody like that because they, like you mentioned about other people, they he had to do all his research and I think with like tape recorders, there was no internet. You were reliant on primitive technology compared to what we've got nowadays you can just like call up your friend on Zencaster or Teams or whatever and have a chat about what you think to this bit of evidence and playback and loop and send files it was all like done on tape and it was all very in the moment so I'd, I think he would be an interesting guy to speak to just purely for the fact that he was there and The Enfield Poltergeist is one of my favourite sort of poltergeist hauntings. Um, So, yeah, I think him, David Icke, who else? There would There's probably loads of people I'd want to speak to. Um, Graham Hancock, yeah, definitely would be an interesting guy to speak to. I would love to speak to Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Because he done a series where he sort of debunked a load of stuff on... Um, like chemtrails, skinwalker ranch and i'd like to speak to him again about skinwalker ranch and ufos after he kind of went completely against the thought of ufos being real and now he's spoken to like ryan graves he's spoken to graham hancock but he's spoken to um, a lot of people like jeremy corbell people like that that I'm sure he definitely has changed his mind on the UFO topic. So it'd be interesting to to speak to him. I mean, you—I'd never get even an email to him. I don't think. But <laughs> he, um, he's pretty intelligent too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, super intelligent guy. He knows a lot of stuff. Yeah, I do. Like, and his work on UFC is incredible. His commentary. Skills on, on on fighting and cage fighting is it's not one thing he doesn't know about combat sports. It's for for the violent people out there. <laughs> Ash is going, it's not a rugby ball. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: yeah, I've, I, there, there's a whole suite of people that I would love to speak to. And yeah, when I was in um, when I was in Peru the first time. I ran into an Australian rugby player that was there for a tournament. And wow. rugby's not big in the United States. Um, so it was interesting talking to him. And he was in Argentina for a um, rugby tournament, but he had time to come up to Peru to you know, like you sightsee or whatever and then head back. And it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's probably the other rugby...
1: This, and that was another
2: <laughs> yeah that was another thing um going back to Peru the second time um, that I just recently went this past summer I think it was um, with my wife and her daughter and um it was hectic because we didn't plan it correctly <laughs> we had no downtime it was basically go 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 all the time to see everything but um yeah just it's different when you're actually at these megalithic sites than watching it on TV or seeing it on a picture. Like you actually can feel the grand scheme of things and the size of things. And it's like, it looks big on a TV, but when you're there, it looks giant. It looks humongous. And you're like, how the heck did they do this? How did they drag this stone all the way from over there (laughs) to here with primitive tech, technology you know um Mm. and primitive tools and you're like and then there's like rocks that are so perfectly fit together that like i would even put like my fingernail up to it and i was like i can't even like (laughs) or i try to put like you know something in between and it's like not gonna happen and you're like how did they do this and then they have all these weird shapes, the way they fit together, like the curves and, and you're like, why would they do that? And then you find out like it's for anti, um, earthquake. So like it wouldn't break when there's earthquakes and stuff. And you're like, how would they know that? How did they know that? And, um, just some of the stuff I saw there was incredible. And the mama, the mummies, I saw some mummies there and, uh, they're creepy looking. But it's cool to me because it's like they're preserved and I'm looking at this ancient lady but she's a mummy but it's exactly like she would have been. Well, obviously she's decayed a little bit but (laughs) it's like it's just wild when you see these things in person and they even have um, in Cusco there is a little square. Um, It's not the main square but it's a side square and they have, it looks like a huge footprint and they claim that it was like a giant footprint, like giants from the Bible. And, um, they just have it there on display on like a pedestal in the middle of this, uh, little square. And it's pretty cool. And it's cool to see the other cultures are more accepting of these things. Um, in Peru, they're more accepting of these things. And, we went to Lake Titicaca and um, our tour guide, we were like, Hey, we know it's not part of your tour and you're not, you're supposed to stick to like your standard, like history. But we're like, have you ever seen anything strange on the lake or anything like that? And he's like, Oh yeah. All the time. He's like, even my ancestors have seen stuff. Um, And, They talk about lights hovering over the lake, lights coming out of the lake. And he was telling us all this stuff um, because we were like, hey, we want to know we're into like all that, you know, alien stuff, ancient aliens and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. And he lived on the island and he does these tours, but he's like a resident of these islands um, that are on the lake because the lake is humongous. And um, it was just interesting to uh to experience that and hear firsthand because you always hear about things on like documentaries or you know whatever so to actually hear it from someone who's lived there and and they're like yeah it's it happens we see weird stuff here all the time he's like there's probably monsters in the lake somewhere we just don't uh, i don't know personally so he wasn't trying to like make stuff up he's like You know, there's probably something in here, but I haven't seen it myself. But he's like, for the lights and stuff, he's like, for sure. I see him coming out of the lake, hovering over the lake, and there's like nothing out on the lake. It's these people like, um, it's like you warp back in time, kind of. They live simple lives. They're not, they don't have all this technology. They still, you know, make their own clothes and uh make their own soap out of these like bushes these branches on these bushes and it's it's really interesting so i always tell people like if you can travel and like experience these things for yourself that's the best way um i know it's not feasible for a lot of people because of money wise but you know if you ever get a chance or if you can save up it's definitely worth it there's places i want to go like i still want to go see the pyramids um think that would be cool and um i want to go to like greece and see all the ruins there um because i think something was going on back in that time period too um so yeah just i like to explore i like to travel um been a lot of places so <laughs> and i still got more on my list
1: Cool. I think like places like that in like South America, Central America, where like say life's a bit more simple than we have it. And I think like obviously in Western culture, I think everyone's just far too caught up in very trivial things that like don't really matter, um, sort of to any of any importance. Whereas like places like where they probably have to put more faith in sort of not sort of what they know is sort of something extra. I think I'm trying to. I think I'm sort of wording it right. So there's a lot more openness and just acceptance of strange things. It's just, yeah, that's just, that's what happened. They are just there. It's just part of that area or whatever.
2: Yeah, I think it's crazy that there's like people in New York City that like never experienced a clear sky in the country. Like it's just wild to me. Like they're stuck in the city and they have all that light pollution and, um, i don't know it's wild (laughs) to me personally because it's like these different experiences like i like going into the city i'm not really a city person but um it is fun for like a day trip or a weekend or whatever but you know i also like you know being out in the countryside i'm kind of rural right now so like being out and there's a clear sky and you can see all the stars and everything like that like that's the kind of stuff i like
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And seeing mummies is pretty cool. I've seen a couple of mummies. It's just mad. Like you say, like, he's over many thousands of years old, and like the face is there. It's, it's it, yeah, it's really, really odd seeing that.
2: Yeah, because they're like dead, but they don't look like it, or they don't, mm. you know what I mean? It's like this was a person that I'm looking at right now.
1: Yeah, like, and from thousands of like, years ago as well. Not like died like a couple years ago, and it's like a science thing. It's like, Thousands of years ago, this person lived and doing whatever they did in their life and the body is still here to, to, to see.
2: Yeah, and I would like to go to Pompeii too and see because um, you have people just frozen in ash in time and you see exactly how they were when it went down and it's just, it's creepy and it's eerie, but it's cool at the same time because it's like this was what they were doing when they, you know, tragically ended the, you know what i mean when this yeah. event happened and yeah so that's on my list too. There's,
1: there's another town near pompeii which is like say exactly the same thing but it's just not as popular so there's a lot less tourists but it's the same thing so find the other name the other town goes to that one because pompeii is very very tourist Oh I don't but, know. Touristy. but it's exactly the same as pompeii but just the name isn't popular so it doesn't get the tourists and i'll have to look town. that up when i head that way <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely cool so thanks very much again for taking time chat to us where can we find what if they're wrong
2: all right yeah um what if they're wrong and you can find it on any podcast platform also my website um www.whatifpod.com I don't have a merch store or anything. Um, I just haven't got around to it or anything like that. But um, on there, I have all my latest episodes. You can see pictures of the guests. Um, Not everyone wants to be seen. So some of them are just their logo or their uh, whatever. But yeah, and it shows, you know, short excerpts from what the show's about. Um, And then you can also listen to the show on the website as well. But it's on every um, you know, podcast platform. I'm even on that new India one that you guys told me about. Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. Ghana. And um, I haven't really noticed um, a th- difference or anything, but I haven't really paid attention to the stats to see. Uh, I might have to log on there and see. But um, surprisingly, you would think, because I'm a U.S.-based show, that my biggest city would be somewhere in the U S but it's not (laughs) my biggest downloaded city is Sydney, Australia. And that kind of like blew my mind. I was like, I, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll take it. The guys down under like it. so
0: That's good. That's good. That is good.
2: Oh, and also on Instagram, what if they're wrong? I post a lot of stuff on there, funny memes, uh, updates on the show. Uh, if you want to message me, that's probably the best way to do it because I'm constantly on Instagram. So, um, yeah, what if they're wrong and you'll find me?
1: <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, thanks again, and good luck. Keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you grow even more in the next years. Yeah, yeah,
2: thank you. Thank you, guys, for having me on. Always good. Definitely, definitely.